Hey friends, welcome to Girls' Night, where we work through life's biggest decisions and transitions together. I'm your host, Stephanie Mae Wilson, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's get started. Today, we're talking about how to navigate friendships as an adult, including friend breakups. Now, to talk us through this, I've invited my dear friends, Jess Johnston and Amy Weatherly back on the show. Jess and Amy met online several years ago and became really close friends. Since then, they've started an amazing online community called Sister I Am With You, where they talk about all things friendship. They're also co-authors of a brand new book called Here For It, The Good, The Bad, and The Queso, the how-to guide for deepening your friendships and doing life together. Oh, I love that so much. Now, here are just a few of the things that you'll learn in today's episode. We're gonna talk about how to navigate friend breakups in a healthy way, even if it's not mutual. We'll talk about how to go deeper in your friendships, how to have more self-awareness in our friendships, and that's seriously the beginning. Put on your coziest sweatpants, grab some queso. You're gonna love this conversation. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. As many of you know, I recently wrote a book, and while it was the most rewarding project of my career so far, it also came with a lot of hard work and long nights. And sometimes when things started to feel a little bit overwhelming, I needed to get a few things off my chest so I could clear my mind and keep the writing process flowing. And the thing that helped me so much to sort through those feelings was therapy. Now tell me if any of this sounds familiar. Maybe you're going through something really hard right now, a big loss or a gigantic life transition. Maybe you frequently feel anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, or just generally discouraged. Maybe you really, really, really want your life circumstances to change, but you don't know how to actually change them. Or maybe you're feeling stuck as you try to work through your past, navigate your present, or figure out your future. Friend, if you can relate to any of this, you're not alone. I've been there and therapy has been the thing that has helped me more than anything else with all of this. In the last 10 years or so, I've learned that strength isn't proving I can do it on my own. It's knowing that I don't have to. I'm at my strongest when I have a full support system around me and an essential part of my support system is therapy. Therapy can be absolutely life-changing. That is, if you can afford it and find a therapist you like and trust. But of course, this is easier said than done. And that's why I'm so excited to be partnering with this week's podcast sponsor. Our sponsor for today's episode is BetterHelp. BetterHelp is the easiest and most affordable way I've ever found to find a great therapist. It's entirely online and super easy to sign up. You can get started right away. And if you don't love the counselor you're paired with, switching is easy and it's free. If you're going through something hard in your relationships, or if you're in a funk you just can't shake, if you've been feeling anxious or depressed lately, or if you're feeling stressed and you need help balancing your everyday life and schedule, BetterHelp is an incredible resource for you. And I'm so thankful that they've given me a promo code that I can share with you to make it even easier to get started. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com friendship today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash friendship. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. 
Friends, springtime is finally here, but that also means allergy season is in full swing. I have always struggled with allergies and I don't know about you, but I am especially allergic to cats. More on that in a second. Well, luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. The time that I use Claritin the absolute most is when I'm at my parents' house, my childhood home. They have this absolutely beautiful cat that they love and I like, except for the fact that he sheds so much. So that means that I'm basically sneezing from the second I arrive home to the second I leave, unless I take Claritin. My dad has even started having it ready for me right when I walk in the door. Are you ready to live life as though you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Claritin, thank you so much for sponsoring our girls' night. We love having you. All right, friends, I am so, so, so excited for who we have back on the show today. I'm sitting here with my actual friends, Amy Weatherly and Jess Johnston. And you guys, you are some of my favorite people to chat with. I'm so, so happy to have you back on Girls' Night. Thank you so much. I was so excited to see to to see that we were scheduled again. I was very excited to talk. That's so fun. That was so nice. Are, Thank you. You guys are doing such good work. I want to hear um, for women who haven't gotten to meet you yet. We will link to your previous episode um, in the show notes. But tell us who you are, what you do, and a fun fact about yourself. Selves. <laughs> I am Jess Johnston, and I have four kids, um, two boys, 16, 14, two girls, 12, and 10. Um, Amy and I write about all things friendship together, and I'm trying to think of a fun fact. Um, I have a new puppy, which is currently rolling around on the bed next to me, and that is giving me a whole lot of life right now. I'm obsessed uh, with What kind him. of puppy is that? He is... Um, He's a mutt, but he is half um, St. Bernard and half Golden Retriever. And he is all precious. My kids are like making fun of me for being as obsessed with him as I am, but it's okay. I receive it. He's like, a saint up. retriever. He's a saint. Apparently, they're called Golden Saints. Like they have an actual oh, That's name. better. Isn't that Golden Saint. Yeah. I, mm, yeah. I wish I I'd come up with that. Um, that is so cute. Here for the puppy content. Um, Amy, what about you? Well, my name is Amy Weatherly. I live in Texas. Um, I, okay, something interesting about me. I, I'm such a boring person. I genuinely, I just don't even know. A fun, Clearly. I mean, I know. Like a fun fact. Um, I own seven pickleball paddles because I love it. I love pickleball and I'm not good at it. 
I don't, I don't know. I am. I might work on things and and like let writing go so that I can go pro in pickleball. That's my plan. Um, I love it so much, but I just keep every time I see a paddle, I'm like, ooh, a, a pickleball paddle with a smiley face. Yes, please. Pickleball paddle with this little girl's not a like. Anyways, my favorite one has this woman's face on it, and it says yada yada yada. We pickled. It's so cute. And every time I find one, I buy it, and then I buy balls that match the paddle like an absolute ridiculous person. <laughs> um, that, I'm not trying to say that that was my idea, um, but <laughs> a handful of years ago, when my dad, we, talk, we talked about this before we started recording, <laughs> got really into pickleball, I was like, someone needs to make cute pickleball paddles. Like there's this whole like base of it right here that could be like a pattern and like whatever. It's like someone really should do that. That's a really good idea. And then yeah. guess who didn't do it? Oh, I know. See, you should have done it years ago. I still have an idea for being like, okay, but I'm having to search for the stuff all in different places. No, there needs to be one place. This is all the cute stuff. You want a bag and a paddle and balls that match? Awesome. I've got That's all it. of it here. Can you oh, short, scrunchy. Yeah, okay. You okay. want a water bottle that you don't have to wait in line at Target for? Awesome. Here's a great water bottle that will match all your stuff. Sold. That's Stanley Cup trend. Are y'all on it? That's not what I didn't know about it until you said something about it, and I had to look into it. And I was like, I I know know about it, and everyone I know has one. I don't. I don't have one. I'm I'm so basic. So, like two years ago, people started buying Stanley cups, and I was like, I want a Stanley cup. And then I went bought one. I was like, it's not that great. Mine's not a Stanley, but I have the same color as you, Stephanie. It looks like. Mm -hmm. Cheers. Um, Okay, so I want to hear. You guys have a new book that's coming out maybe out this week, depending on when this episode comes out. And I am so obsessed with the title and, oh, the, thank you. and the subtitle for it. So I'm, I'm going to read it. Uh, so it's called Here For It, The Good, The Bad, and The Queso. Uh, the how-to guide for deepening your friendships and doing life together. Yes, and amen. Love, love, love. Tell us about the book, where this idea came from, what it's about, all, all things book. Well, first of all, the the title, that was, man, we agonized over the title for probably for months, I would say, trying to get Because our our last book, we loved the title so much. It was, I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants, as you know. And sweatpants are the best thing ever. And following the book release, I sort of felt like it was my job to wear sweatpants all the time. And that was fantastic. So what is what was something equally amazing that was very hard to come up with? So I think Amy finally landed on queso. And we're like, yes, how do we work queso so that our job can now be to wear sweatpants and eat queso? Yeah. We came up with a million different options, this and this and this. Yeah. And there was one we had landed on a title and I was like, I was being people pleasing. I was like, yeah, okay, that's fine. That's good. And then finally I was like, I called Jess and I was like, Jess, I can't do that title. It's not as good as I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants. We got, we can do better. I know we can do better. So I called the publisher and the editor and like, we got to scratch that title. Give us a week. We will come up with something phenomenal. And really Jess, I've got got to give Jess a lot of credit on here for it. The good, the bad, and the queso. She, She came up with a lot of that. Titles are just there normal. Amy's usually the 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 name person, so I do feel kind of proud that I contributed. But so, <laughs> this book is—I feel like our first book really scratched the surface talking about friendship, and then this one we really dive 
even deeper, especially into the harder topics like friend breakups, um, things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've been through friend breakups. I'm sure we're the only ones in the history of the world that have ever mm-hmm. um, gone through difficult seasons in friendship. <laughs> we felt like it was really a topic that needed to be talked about more. I would say that was one of the biggest questions that we got a lot on our first book was, okay, but how how do I know when it's time to walk away from a friendship? How do I walk through the grief of a friend breakup? And there's a lot more in there too, but that is one of the things that we dive into. Yeah. yeah. I, I would say, um, I'll be there, but I'll be wearing sweatpants was very like these big, broad tro- mm-hmm. topics. Um, really important. But this book, we are, it is a lot more specific. We're a lot Mm -hmm. more, if you're one that you're like, I want you to tell me exactly how. We kind of get a little more, I would say, nitty gritty in the Mm -hmm. details of this one. Like this is, it's 21 chapters. So we were really like, listen, we want to write about all of it. We're Mm -hmm. we're going to, let's leave no stone unturned. Let's try to uncover all of these topics and let's get it done. Um, in a very, hopefully very vulnerable, good, easy, digestible way. I love that. I love that. Because you guys already mentioned friend breakups, I wanted to, I I feel like let's start there. Friend breakups are hard because you know with like a romantic relationship that you're going to, everyone picks one person. So you know that like, if it's not this person, it's going to be someone else. There's going to have to be some sort of split. Like you know it, you see it coming or or you know it's a possibility. There are resources for it. Um, There are how-tos, best practices. With friendships, it's like you can have infinite. There's not a hard stop. There's not, like there's just not a whole lot of like protocol or even like setting of expectations for the fact that a friendship may not last forever. And I want to hear... I know that sometimes we have people that we've been friends with, friendships we've invested in for a long time, that we get to a certain point and it feels like the friendship is just not growing. It's not adding as much to our lives. And actually it might be like detracting from Mm -hmm. our lives. And um, I want to know like, is it okay to move on? Like, Mm -hmm. is it... Do you have to be friends forever? Or are you are you a cruel person if you're like, this isn't contributing to my life anymore? And then it's like, how do you how do you go about doing that? If you're allowed, I, then how do you do it? I think, okay, so something, okay, with any breakup that I went to, went through, like a romantic breakup, I remember grieving it. I remember hurting, definitely. I do not ever remember thinking I'm a bad person because I couldn't make this work. No, I would say it's the opposite in my friendships. When a friendship has fallen short, I immediately go to, I'm something's wrong with me. I am a bad person. What, how, how have I failed that this didn't work? And that's a totally different thing. And that's because I think we do have the expectation that if you're good at friendship, it will last forever. If you're a good person, it will last forever. And I do think that is something that we've got to just get off of our head. It's something really hard for me because that's the first place I go is I'm a bad person because I couldn't make this work. Mm -hmm. And I think a really important thing, um, one, you got to figure out is the friendship ending because it's just like the spark's not there there anymore. Like things aren't clicking. They're not as deep. It's, it's It's not growing. Or is it truly toxic? 
Because I would say if something is really toxic and really taking away from your life and really you, that is a door that just really does need to be shut all the way. This is, this, I've got to keep my, I I love you. I've got to keep my heart pure. I want Mm -hmm. you to eat. You cannot eat at my table anymore because it is now, this is affecting my heart. It is affecting the way I interact with my family. It is affecting the way I think about other people. Um, It's affecting, I mean, my heart. That's why, like our job. Like I want to be able to keep my soul, my heart, pure and first things first. And if if anything is getting in the way of that, I want to be able to shut it off. And that's why I always use, like, I I want you to eat. You just can't eat at my table anymore. So that is one where, yes, you you, you have to close the door all the way. It's going to feel really bad because, again, we're not used to doing it. Um, Who's the bad guy in every movie? It's the person who walks away from a friendship. Mm The person who walks away from the friendship is never the good guy. And it's always... It's always like there's a there's a there's a good and a bad. There's a black and a white. There's a villain. There's a hero. But the truth is, in real life, it's mostly gray. It's it's mostly gray. You don't have to label them as some bad, terrible person. Um, and you don't also you don't have to label yourself that. It can genuinely be this wasn't working anymore. Um, and then I think if a friendship, if it's not toxic, but it's just really not growing. That's that's an area where I would not shut that door necessarily. You close it. Maybe you keep it open a little bit because things can definitely change. Um, let's say you go through something really hard and that is the person who shows up and is there for you. That is going to rekindle that friendship. Um, things start aligning. Suddenly your kids are in the same class again. Boom, that friendship gets rekindled. So I don't like, I'm very slow to close any door. It has to be really, really bad for me to do that. But it's okay to take a step back. It's okay to be to look at it as um, I like I look at my friendships as plants a lot and be like, okay, this plant is not growing anymore. I've only got this one jug of water. I gotta go put it, I gotta put it elsewhere. Yeah, invest. I think it's a lot about being intentional with where you invest your very precious time because we don't have a lot of it. So if there's kind of it could even be seasonal, like there's not a lot happening in this friendship, maybe. It's just time to invest elsewhere into the friendships yeah. that are really um, yeah. more thriving and and moving forward. Yeah. Well, and I tried, and I'm sorry, I've talked so much. I will stop in a minute, but I just am so it's so important, and it's so hard, and it's so tricky, and it's something I've struggled with forever, and I'm just now really kind of learning. I have had to get to a place where I'm like, okay, I mean, we got to reframe the way that we think about this. Because like Care Bears is cute, right? Care Bears is cute. And in Care Bears, the goal of friendship is for it to last forever. Um, you know, My Little Pony, but whatever it is, when we were young, the goal is best friends forever. And that is so much pressure. It is very unrealistic. And so we tend to think that any friendship that didn't last forever was a failure. Yeah. And I've had to reframe the way that I think about that and go, no, 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 no. The goal of friendship is not for it to last forever. The goal of friendship is for it to be healthy. Yeah. Is it healthy? Is it good? Then just enjoy it. Let it be what it is now and uh, give it the freedom to adapt and to change as you adapt and change. But the goal, does it does not mean that it has to have lasted forever for it to be a good friendship. It can be a good friendship because it got you through a season. Yeah. And that's still a beautiful, beautiful thing. Yeah. Does what were you going to say? <laughs> I was going to say, I hope, I can you guys hear my puppy snoring? I'm so no, sorry. I wish I could. <laughs> totally snoring. And I'm like trying to get him to stop. So I keep like, wake up. 
shift like I do to my husband in the middle of the night. But oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, pretty cute. What if like, what do you do if one person wants the friendship to continue more than, like if if it's not mutual, if you're like, man, I feel like this isn't a place where I want to invest as much of my time and energy anymore. Like either I have less or I have something else or someone else that is requiring more of me or like I'm investing a lot in this and I'm not getting back what I like need to get back in order to make this a good investment really. Um, But the other person doesn't see it that way. Like Mm -hmm. what do we do then? I... I think we have to have boundaries. We have to protect our own hearts and we have to, we have to do what's right. I think sometimes it's very easy to listen for me, to listen to the loudest person in the room with the most needs. And if someone's very vocal about their needs and their wants and their disappointments, it's very easy for me to pivot and try to appease that person or make them happy. And I've learned that that's not always the person I'm meant to be investing in in that season. And it's also not my job to fulfill a person or fill a hole, like feel a hole in their heart that they may be feeling. Um, I would say boundaries and just continuing to, to be intentional about where you're investing and not feel bad about that. And then sometimes I have had conversations with friends who I love, but it's, I am just in a really busy season right now and I I don't have a lot of time or inter- I don't have a lot to give right now and I'm sorry, but just kind of leave it at that. Because we do, we all have limited time and we have to de- decide who we're going to invest into and make time for. Does that answer your question? Mm-hmm. It doesn't I, like it doesn't make it easy. No, you know? oh it's gosh, really no. hard. No, it is. I think too. It's it's about if you are giving a lot to a friendship, a lot, and you are not getting as much back. And this person kind of made it clear. Um, I don't have the capacity for this right now. This is not where I want to be giving. You're really not honoring yourself because you have needs and wants that are not being filled fulfilled there. So you're not honoring yourself. And then on the flip side, I think if you can tell someone is wanting more from you than you are capable of giving, you're not honoring them by stringing them along. Like mm-hmm. I think that in my head, I think that's the nice thing to do is to respond to every text. And the nice thing to do is to, to kind of play the like the polite game with them. But is that really? Because they're trying to build a friendship and you're not. That's not where you're at. So you're really not honoring them either. Is that really, that's the polite thing to do, but is that the good thing to do? Is that the right thing to do? And again, kind of reframing that of being like, no, they deserve to find their people. They deserve someone who can fill their cup. It's just not me. Mm. I actually had I had a, a good friend who I adore moved to the area. This is a little bit different of a situation. And we've been really close in the past. She's moving to the area. And I got scared because um, (laughs) my life is very full and I was dealing with some personal stuff. And so I just started worrying that she was going to be disappointed that I didn't have... I was already kind of maxed out in a lot of ways. And so I started getting kind of scared that what if she shows up? And I hate disappointing people. Like I, I just... I want to 
put everyone I love in a bubble and I want them to never be disappointed. It's just like a, a big thing yeah. for me. And I really don't like being a disappointment either, um, obviously. But I decided to have an honest conversation and I have been very grateful often that I had that conversation. And I just told her, I just explained the season that I'm in and what I'm going through. And I just told her that I was scared that I was going to to disappoint her because I didn't have a lot to give in this season. And I've been really maxed out and busy and I adore her, but I was scared I was going to disappoint her. And we had this great conversation where she's like, I don't have expectations of you. I know, like I've changed too in the last years and I have stuff going on and I just want you to know that's not what I'm expecting and we'll figure it out. But there's been so many times where I would naturally feel guilty that I'm not like this loyalty thing. I haven't reached out more. I haven't, I should, I should have done more or I should be doing more where I can fall back on that and be like, no, she knows that I love her and that this is the season I'm in and that's okay. Um, Are you guys Enneagram people? Oh, yes. We are obsessed. Joss, what are you? I'm a seven. You are? Yeah. Man, I thought I found a fellow too. I was like, you are speaking my <laughs> I think language. Overlap there for sure. For a seven, for me as the enthusiast, enthusiast sometimes I've found myself in a situation where I'm disappointing people a lot because I can be so enthusiastic for a season. And then when my attention shifts elsewhere, people are like, what's going on with you? I feel like you're gone or whatever. And the truth is a lot of times I was overly enthusiastic and doing all of the work and all of the friendship. And then when I shifted, there wasn't really anything left. This is not about the friendship I was talking about. But that's something I can often find myself in a situation with friendships. Yeah. That makes it that makes sense. Um Amy, what are you? What Enneagram are you? I'm a nine. Right. Did that I knew that one was gonna surprise did that surprise you or no? I think maybe yeah, I think a little bit. Yeah, like I um, remember when I first met Amy, now I totally see it. But when I first met Amy, I was guessing like a seven or a three because she's yeah, so every- lovely and yeah. I'm married to a nine. And he's not quite as bubbly as Amy. Yeah, I'm a social nine, so I'm kind of a weird nine. Um, but I always, I thought I was a two because I was like, no, I love people so much. I love people. I love them. I love them, which is true. I do have a genuine just kind of fascination with people. But I also realized, I mean, it's not so much that you love people. You, the way you function is literally making sure nobody's mad at you. That's... <laughs> That drives a lot of what I do. It's like, just don't be mad at me. Just don't be mad at me. <laughs> Honestly, same. It's, But I think for me, it's more like, as long as I know you love me, like I'm okay. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah. It's a, yeah. So yeah, I don't even very... know if I need people to love me. I just don't be mad at me. Let's just be <laughs> cool. Can it all just be cool? Uh-huh. I would uh-huh. imagine that being in a two, you a, a two, you could find yourself in that situation a lot where you are... Yeah overextending yourself and then wondering if it's reciprocal. I mean, it's especially for a two, I feel like it would be very healthy to take a step back and be like, where am I investing what I have to give? Because you're so naturally generous and giving Mm -hmm. and loving. It's, well, thank you. Um, (laughs) 
it is it is hard because um I feel like I should give absolutely everything I have mm-hmm. to whoever asks for it. Like just when you yeah. said the the loudest person in the room, like I yeah. just I'm so aware of who's around me and mm-hmm. who needs what. And I feel like maybe like an outsized sense of responsibility or or yeah. ability mm-hmm. that like I probably could make this better. And like yeah. and so if I don't, then I'm withholding something from you and I never right. want to do that. But then yeah, I find myself maxed out and like Ah, uh, you know, I don't have anything to give to the people who I'm most responsible for. Mm-hmm. That's been um, a huge learning curve for me as well. Yeah. That's really yeah. hard. It's, it's really, really hard. hard. And, it, it and learning that just because I can doesn't mean I should. Yeah. Whereas I make a lot of decisions to like overextend myself because I'm like, well, I can. I think mm-hmm. that could be a woman thing partly where we're just like, yeah, I can do that. I can handle that. I can yeah. keep on feeding everyone while I'm deathly ill. And, and you know, like we just kind of push ourselves to this, this max. Yeah. yeah. It's not healthy. I used to get in trouble with my calendar. Like when you said being like overly enthusiastic about something, there was, I went through like a couple of years where I was learning so much about boundaries and people pleasing and like unwinding some of these things that were, that are just like baked into me. And one of the things was my calendar. And I would say like, yeah, we could totally do that. And it would usually come up with like trips. It would be like, you know, a girl's weekend or like a weekend away or go home to visit or, you know, just different things like that. And I would want to say yes, because I want to make you happy and I want to connect with you and I want to see you. But then I would realize, oh my gosh, I have overextended not only myself, but like my family. Mm -hmm. And like when you're saying yes to one thing, you're saying no to something else. And so I'd be saying no to something that was actually more my responsibility or more important. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I just, something, one of my best friends told me that having no plans on a weekend is still having plans. Yes. So like, even if you need to like mark it out on your calendar, like that is, my plan is to have no plans. Like that's yes. a plan. And, and that also, can be an honest way you answer people. Like if you're needing to pull back from friendships respect your time, respect your needs. You don't have to go into like, well, I'm not really enjoying you right now. So, you know, but like, I'm sorry, I have plans. Yeah. Yes. To sit on my oh. bed and watch. Well, yes. You know? Yeah. And yeah. I think so too. It's it's so good to know because I am, um, listen, I love being at home. So I like the thought of, I'm like, oh no, not that many people want to take a trip with me or ask me to go out because they probably know I'm not going to. Or maybe I'm just not getting invited. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but there's something I am very people pleasy. Extremely, I feel guilty 99% of the time for nonsense. I mean, I'll feel guilty for absolute nonsense. You know, and you know, one of the things that kind of changed my mind is my husband as a joke. I think, I mean, he was half joking. I said something about being a people pleaser. And so I felt like I had to say yes. And he goes, I mean, he's like, you're a people pleaser to everyone except for me. You don't mind telling me no. You don't mind turning me down. You don't mind not being here. And I was like, you know what? That's true. Because I know that you're not going to get mad at me. So Mm -hmm. I don't work to gain that from you. Mm -hmm. I don't work for that. You're right. And I kind of changed the way that I thought, of a people pleaser of just the same thing of like, okay, but who are you pleasing? And when you please these, who are you disappointing? 
Because yeah, I don't want my kids not... to say that they, I don't want my kids to be like, yeah, she was a great friend, but she wasn't here for us. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was, everybody in town loved her, but we didn't see her very often. She I didn't totally... serve us. So I'm like, learn how to turn, turn the people pleasing. It's still people pleasing. It's just pleasing the right people. Mm-hmm. I want to please the right people. That is yeah. so big. That it's was a game so changer. I had a friend, that was a huge learning curve for me. I had a friend a long time ago. There was just always drama and really big needs. And there was always a crisis. And it really, and I was really focused on helping her for about six Mm -hmm. months. Doing, She was living with us. I was just very, very invested. And things kind of fell apart. I found out that everything was not as it seemed. There was a lot of lying and not truth telling and stuff. Go- it, was a, it was a complicated thing. But the thing that broke my heart was that I realized how unfocused I'd been on my kids and my husband because I had just like, well, she has crisis. I have to be there. That has to be her crisis needs to be my crisis. This is the most important thing. And without even realizing it, I had been focused on that. And I cr- that is the thing I probably cried about the most after that was just realizing like the friendship breakup was very difficult, but also just realizing where my focus had gone. Yeah. 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 Well, and realizing too, someone like that who has a lot of needs, not who has a lot of needs, but who it's, it's more than a season. Yeah. This is not a seasonal exactly. need. This yeah. is who you are as a person. Mm-hmm. I think that that's the, like that's an unwanted, the like a, like a, sorry, like a, like a tank that almost can't be filled. Yeah. The truth is, um, sometimes I have to walk away from people like that because one, I've got to, I've got to be self-aware enough to know like, Amy, you are a people pleaser. You have this tendency. Right. They okay. will always be disappointed in you because they've got a tank. You're not that's capable really of feeling and that's what they want. You will always, are you going to live constantly disappointing this person? That's not, you can't do that because this point person has a tank that can't be filled. It's not you. It's not that you're not enough. It's that it's, it's really, you're incapable of filling whatever need that they have. They probably need to work on some stuff first because yeah. their expectations for you, you can never meet them. And maybe so for somebody- me, Sorry, I have maybe to somebody away. who I have to walk away. Yeah. And maybe somebody who has better boundaries and isn't naturally yes. such a people pleaser would be an amazing fit for that person. Amazing. It's actually really can... good and self-aware to realize this might not be a good fit for me because I this kind of relationship sucks me dry without even realizing it. Yeah. Well, like, I'm gonna get both of us in trouble because I'm gonna accidentally promise you something that you would love for me to give you, but like I can't. Like I'm I'm setting us both up to fail. Yeah. By, mm-hmm. by walking in this way. Um yeah. I one of the things and I've talked about this on the show, and I need to um come up with a better way to describe it, but like in in that whole time when I was learning about people pleasing and boundaries and all these things, um I I kind of started like ranking my people. <laughs> like these are the people that I am most responsible for and mm. care about the most. These are my closest people to like almost like concentric circles, like mm-hmm. m- kind of moving outwards. And knowing that, actually taking the time to identify like who is my closest person, who are my closest people, who I'm responsible to more than other people. Mm has made the process of figuring out what to say yes to and what to say no to so much easier. Yeah. Because even when it comes to like 
every once in a while, there's a decision that pits like my immediate family versus or against like my family of origin. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, my mom would love to have my family fly to Denver and, you know, and spend more time with her. There, I would love that. I would love to say yes to that. However, sometimes that's popping my kids on a flight isn't necessarily the best thing for them or isn't the best thing for my husband and all the stuff he has going on. So it's like, I have to either choose whether I'm going to disappoint sort of like my kids and my husband or my mom. Right. Sometimes I'm totally going to throw us all on an airplane and like do the uncomfortable thing, whatever we need to do because... I want to spend time with my mom, but sometimes I'm going to have to disappoint my mom and like realize like when, when the relationships are so close like that, where it's like, it's not an immediate obvious thing. Having already done that work of going, I love my mom. I love my kids. I am more responsible to my kids. Partially because they can't keep themselves alive. So like, I I am more... Unloving towards your mom. That's... Mm -hmm at all. It's not your heart is in the a, a wonderful place. It's just you only have so much to give. And owning that, I think as women, we have to stop thinking that we have endless supplies, like yeah, that yeah. we can just dig deeper. Because we, I mean, for me, I end up getting burnt out and real grumpy because I don't have endless supplies, actually. Yeah. Yeah. I think too, it comes, I think about this a lot and it's kind of morbid. I don't know if it's healthy. Oh, I think so. I don't know. I think it is. I just think about like my funeral and what a sad, sad, sad thing it would be if everybody in my town was like, she was amazing. I loved her. She was here for me. And my kids and my husband are silent. That would be terrible. I would rather have it because everybody talks about having a funeral where the room is full. You know what? Honestly, I hope my kids, I hope my husband... I hope the people closest to me, I hope they have good things to say about me. And then the rest of the room can be or not be. Mm. But I do kind of try to think that in mind because uh, what, a, what a sad thing to have this full room of people who didn't even really know you yeah. have nice things to say, but the people closest to you are silent. That's just not what I want. That's yeah. not what I want. Um, and so it is kind of realizing, I, I think reframing and, and rephrasing is such a huge thing. So I've tried even to be like, because I've always, I guilt myself um, if I can't be a good friend to everyone. If, if not, everybody would be like, she's an amazing friend. Um, then I've done something wrong. And that's so unrealistic. Somewhere along the way, there is going to be someone who's like, she was a bad friend. But here's the truth. I probably was a bad friend to you but I was a good friend over here. Mm-hmm. So I've tried when, even when people have hurt me, I don't say that they're a bad friend. I change it and I say, they were a bad friend to me, probably because they were being a good friend. I hope, I hope that it's because they were being a good friend somewhere else, mm-hmm. that it was because they were honoring these things. And that's okay to say. That's okay to take a step back from that. But just rephrasing it of being like, it doesn't have to be one or the other. It can be in the gray. Yeah. The gray is you weren't a good friend to them because you were being a good friend over here. You might not have been being a good daughter by going and visiting your mom as much as you wanted to, but you're being a good mother. Mm-hmm. And sort of like rephrasing the way that we think about that, I think is just so powerful. 
That's so good. That's so good. I'm like <laughs> going to have to sit on that for a, real, a, a, a while. <laughs> Somebody was just like over there shaking her head with revelation. Really? So good. <laughs> it's so good. It's so good. Because I, I mean, I'm totally like you guys. I do not like disappointing people. No, I, oh and I Like just exactly like you said, I feel like they're if I just dig deeper, if I just dig deeper, if I just dig deeper, it's like, it is so hard to believe and recognize and come to terms with the fact that like, there's a bottom. Like yeah. there is, there's and you a don't bottom. you want to scrape it. You want to <laughs> protect yourself before you reach the bottom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 